You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Academy Awards evening, um, 2011. So that means we're going to be discussing all of the winners? Oh, no. No. Because <laughs> we take this um, sidetrack to the Oscars, don't we? Um, we do the podcast as normal, have a movie night, and then watch the Oscars at like three in the morning or something, uh, when, you know, recorded. Right. So what we do from, um, as soon as we've watched the movie, we absolutely, I turn Twitter off, I close my Google Reader. You're a little more plugged in than me, I don't have to do anything. I close my IMDB <laughs> page, which I always have open, just in case something popped up or... I um, close my email because because I deal with all the movie companies. If they win an Oscar, I'll get an email the second they win one. So I close that. So we are on Oscar blackout, <laughs> and we will know. We'll talk about the Oscars next. And yeah, week. for anyone who wonders, we don't want to know before it happens. It'd be like telling somebody who won the big game if you were going to go home after work. Yeah, and watch part it of it. I like part of it, even though we haven't seen all the movies. Still, you can get an idea of what the movies are about, and. Partially, part of it's fun is when when they show the five, and we're like, "Oh, I think it'll ten. be Danny Bo- ten, or I think it'll be Danny Bowen, I think it'll be." And then this year we have no, we cannot have an opinion this year. Social we network, haven't wa- we haven't watched them the all. The King Speech. So you have no idea. We can't say. Well, we've that. never always. We've never. No, watched I've, them all. in my life, I have had right. years where I've watched them all. But. Right. Well, never in our life. Oh, I think we did one year ha- when there was only four. Maybe one ever. Yeah. But no, usually these ones where we like, we don't know that one, we don't know that one. So this year we're only at maybe half. Yeah, we saw uh, one today actually. Yeah, I'm talking about best picture. I think when I talk about the, five I don't like the ten. the ten best picture thing. I love it. I no, love it. I don't it. like it. I think there's some that slip in there that are just filler. I really do like. You think in the whole year of movies that picking ten to choose from, there's filler? Yes. There are hundreds of movies a year. I think The Blind Side last year was filler. I really do. I don't Didn't, think it's an Oscar-winning movie. To you, to not me, the yes. one who nominates and stuff, though. Yeah, but I don't. Also yeah, but you don't, have to have. I don't trust. Those I think nominees. it needs more variety. If you had five yeah. movies that were all like the King's Speech, then it's not. It's not reasonable because it doesn't represent. They don't all have to be like the King's Speech. The breadth. Speech. Yeah, but you have to have variety. You have to have the Blind Side. You have to have what won last year? The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker was good. Then you got to have you know some action and a lot of different things. I loved. I wish there was ten in every category. See, I don't wish there was ten. Five is good. Um, In fact, I think they should just crack it open and say, "You're not gonna know. We're not not gonna have ten nominees or five nominees on the day. We're gonna announce the winner. You don't even know every movie is the option." (laughs) So Jackass Three would be (laughs) no, no, absolutely not. Could be the best best poop best poop scenario. Oh dear, we've degraded now. Actually, um, I saw Jackass 3 this week, but I, yeah, I, no. I digress. So, uh, this is uh, Sunday, February the 27th, 2011. This is after the show number 161. We're going to be reviewing the movie Unstoppable on Blu-ray disc. This is a 2010 movie released on Blu-ray and DVD by our friends at Fox on the 15th of February... 2011. Even though I wrote 2010 there, I corrected it. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was just come out basically a week ago. Um, so well, you a, really turn on that like uh, little promotional voice there when you do. <laughs> it's um. Watch it. I'm like, is that who are you? I have to um, get the information out. Mr. And it has PR to be legible boy. and good. Right. So um, legible. 
illegible. Uh, so yeah, it's from our friends at Fox, and you're going to give us the synopsis on this movie, Unstoppable. I thought we were done with me. No, because you don't like my synopsis. You're doing it. It's short. No, no, you can't tell me anymore. You oh. either do them right, or then. I do it my, my I'll do way. It. Runaway train movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Runaway train with some mm-hmm. characters and some di- is there a movie drama. called Runaway Train. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is too. I don't know what it's about. Probably a runaway train. <laughs> so the synopsis could apply to several different... Yeah. Anyway, Unstoppable, it's about a runaway train. The end. Okay, so <laughs> this movie, Unstoppable, directed by Tony Scott, as you know, if you're a pre- past, if you listen to any other um, of our podcasts, and I've mentioned directors that I like, Tony Scott happens to be one of my favourites. You're in love with Tony Scott. Um, I think this movie was fantastic. <laughs> I just want to put it out there at the beginning. <laughs> And I'm not being biased because I like Tony Scott. Oh, yeah, you are. I was literally on the edge of my seat. I mean, not literally. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, on the edge of my seat. I was actually lying back. My reclined. mind was on the edge of its seat. I was reclined. My mind was on the edge. I, From start to finish, it is fantastically paced. Um, it never lets up. Unstoppable, literally. Um, I love the beginning, how it was just like a beginning of a lazy day, everybody just doing this job that they've done for years and kind of being, in, you know... And then, boom! Complacent kind of thing. Just, oh, i got to do this job. Oh, uh, oh, shit. And then it kind of, to not to be corny, built up speed as it went along. I thought it was fantastic the way they did that. Um, just that beginning. I love that beginning portion, the first 15 minutes where it was kind of quiet. And then, you know something's going to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. The movie's called Unstoppable. And then... It happens in a really realistic way, like just some people just not paying attention. And then then they think they've got this small problem, and then they realize it's actually a big problem. I, th- I thought it was really well done, the way they did it. And I didn't know what was going to happen, because I've not... Correct. You, I mean, you have in an action movie. There's not many ways it can options. end. Really, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. No, me but, either. But I didn't know what was going to happen until it happened. Because it could have gone, you know, a few ways. Well, I, I, you really I, only get two scenarios with an action movie when you got people invested in a big. Well, there's also. Thing. I was thinking of characters, also. You know, mm-hmm. you could kill characters, not kill true, characters, true. whatever. But you know, and there's several. Or you could have one character who seems to be something, and then there's something yeah, else. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I really liked it. it I, I feel like it totally did what it should have done, which is. I mean, it's well made, you know, because Tony Scott has a style and it's very dynamic and he even says, I'm a kinetic filmmaker. Fine. I despise that word. (laughs) Like, like, you know what? But I I feel like he's an old man with ADD and this is the way that he sees his his storytelling and whatnot. And that if you're taking a train that is out of control, plowing through, you know, some countryside and posing some danger... And then you want to apply some just people, some characters to that. Very simple, very basic. Nothing, nothing else to it. Then this is the, uh, like the gem of how to do it. You know, to me, there. I mean, it's not like it's not like a thinking movie. It's not like you walk away and have things to think about. There's no earth shattering like life revelations about how to treat your life or how to make choices or anything like that. Like sometimes you get just, with these dynamic you know, action movies. I was going to say it's really fun, but it's not fun because it's actually... No, you're just um, kind of tense and you go, oh, jeez. Oh, it's not a fun shit. thing because it's like a real 
I mean, it's it's inspired by a true story. All right, so it's not really what happened, no, but no. it's very realistic. Plausible. It you could, feel like yeah, it's it's none of it's like bullshit. It's not like oh my god, there. I mean, there's a couple of hero moments. You know, yeah. that I kind of feel like, oh, that's a bit of a stretch. But then in the know. moment, In the moment, it? that could have happened. Like, yeah. if that's the only way to do to stop this. Yeah. Then. So, no, there was nothing to me where I was like, oh, this is bullshit. And that's what I think is good about it. And, you know, I despise, like, um, cameras spinning around people. You do? But when Tony Scott does it, I do not. I, it seems applicable, like, completely. Like, I, I didn't it's, think it, it... It borders on too much to me sometimes. To me, like, it's It like, borders. It's like, okay, okay, we've Now, this isn't, months. like, Man on Fire um, or, like, Domino. He he does use interesting effects and stuff. He uses, that like, That thing some, where he does, like, he did that twice. He did that, yeah. Which he did that way too much in Palom 1, 2, 3. Yeah, yeah. He did that a ton, that flick, flick, flick thing. Um, I like it if it's used sparingly. Are we going to put that down to him or are we putting that down to his editor? I think it's him. I think Do he you likes reckon? the... Because f- he says he cuts all the film. He lays it all out there. They use dozens of cameras, it seems. They get all the footage. And then he says, I hand it over to the editors. I think he's right with them, though, isn't he? I think. I, don't I know. think he. And when he says, I'm a kinetic filmmaker, a lot of those tricks he uses, the, the spinning cameras, the... Just stuff to make you feel on edge, like everything's moving all the time. You know, some movies, I I can't stand it. Like, yeah. But this movie, it was not shaky cam. It's very controlled. Everything's... It feels like nothing ever slows down. And I think he does a good job of it. I mean, he even did it in Top Gun. Top Gun, if you go and look back at Top Gun, it has... It's not quite as good as this, but it has that kind <laughs> of work in there. Because he... Even True Romance, he, he tries to keep things moving. True Romance is very much more static. True Romance is a very straight-up visual experience. There's nothing trickery about it. It's not Man on it. Fire. Or... No, and there's no trickery to it. And I've watched True Romance many times. I've watched I it love more it than 100 times. With all my heart. Like, truly, truly. But no, it does have some stuff. Not really. I mean, none of, nothing that's glossy, Everything though. that he does, does. Everything Barely. has either a skewed camera or a... Skewed camera is different than that da 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 thing. Like he does in this, like I said, two times that I noticed. I where you got a person in the far away, and then the camera, like it, like they've zoomed in, but they've chopped out a few um, frames of it. it. So you like zoom, zoom. They zoom. lose the frame. They like, like a film runs at twenty four frames per second. There's a lot of um, stuff in this movie. Well, not a lot, a bit, but there was a lot in Man on Fire where they. Do it at 15 frames a second, so like you say, it chops. Yeah, it, you it feel feels like, you like just, a webcam almost. Yeah. That's like, that's like, like you crank, put a slide, and then one slide yeah. closer, and one slide closer. Now, I think that stuff can look good if done right. And not I think overdone. he overdid it in Domino. I think he was testing the testing stuff out. And, and Deja Vu. Deja Vu, did it have loads of that? Oh, that's all it was. It was just pathetic. I just didn't like the story of Deja Vu, actually, but... And I like the story of Domino. I just think it was visually overdone. Like um, some people say, I know Natural Born Killers is not Tony Scott. That that is visually overdone by Oliver totally. Stone. But to me, um, at the time, nobody had done, nobody had visually overdone anything really. And Oliver Stone kind of pioneered it a little bit with that. But I do think Domino was over the top. This he reined it in totally. I thought. And reined just it concentrated in, on the it, yeah. train. Like. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If this is a movie about. This sort of monolithic villain that you have no control over and have, has no motives, has nothing. 
And it's not about the people. You could have plugged in any stories for these people. It doesn't matter. You know, you you care a little. At least me, I care a little. I don't care a lot. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready care. for them to be disposable or not disposable. I don't care. I always enough. care for Denzel Washington, though. He's just see. Like, I'm over that because I'm like it's Denzel Washington being great, an though. aging man who's had this job for a long time and now he's close to retirement. Or you can tell he's an aging dude, right? He's not. He's in it to be the hardworking kind of hard ass kind of dude. I mean, look at Pelham. Look at. The same thing. Look at Man on Fire. He's a worn out, aging it's actually, man. This, it's actually the second it's the train kind of, movie with Denzel yeah, yeah. Washington and Tony Scott. And this time it was Rosario Dawson at the uh, controls. And yeah. before it was Denzel Washington yeah. at the controls, you know. But, but it's not like, the same movie as Pelham. It's, no, no, it's no, a, no. It's, it's a, I liked Pelham on TV, don't get me wrong. Different but take. I think this is a better overall experience. Something that I was amazed by and I didn't know watching it was he didn't really use green screen or CGI in this movie. He yeah. filmed the whole thing for real, used proper trains, hired basically a train operation. Trains and helicopters and it's pretty amazing. truck with the big crane on it. If you watch the extras, yeah, yeah, man. you'll see the effort put into this movie. It's, he is one of those old school guys where he's like, it looks crappy with computers, so let's film trains. Like We don't want to film fake trains. This doesn't work. I agree. I agree, and too. And this movie... There is never a moment where I'm like, there's no hokey like, oh shit, that looks crappy. No, no. None of it. like, Because they're always, it's really Denzel Washington in the car, in the train. He's not even on a green screen and a soundstage no, no. in a train car. He's actually on a train, on a rail, moving. Outside, in the weather. And so everything. it works perfectly. There's never one minute where I'm like, oh, that looks crappy. It just it? feels like it's solid. And I, I mean? said to you last week... Um, I can't wait to see Unstoppable because it's Tony Scott's new movie. I think you'll know what you'll get from a Tony Scott movie. It'll be quality. And that's what it is. Like, it's absolute Whereas quality Tony stuff. Scott might... He, he dabbles in character, but I think he's more about the, ex- the visceral experience. Whereas his brother, Mr. Ridley, Ridley Scott, he's all about the characters with the pomp and circumstance on top but it's mostly about the the guts and the glory and the you know the you know what I'm saying like the meat of the character is all there obviously and Gladiator. it's great that there's room for both of them because... right but the mixes it one way and then Tony Scott even though like true romance to me obviously is all about the characters and the dialogue well, written and written by Twi- Quentin Tarantino Who's all about the True, but there's not a dynamic element to it so much. I mean, there are. There's a wonderful fight scene. There's on the roller coaster. There, but the rest of it is just, you know, that's an exception to me with uh, Tony Scott. Uh, Clay Pigeons, though. Clay Pigeons is Tony Scott, and that's more character weirdness. That's a good one. Oh, I should have recommended. And that uses camera. Um, a little bit, yeah. Stuff too uh, to creep you out a little. Yeah, bit. and I think um, it's almost like like. We've watched his films, this Unstoppable. It's almost like he has figured out all, all those moves out now. Like, like he's like he's like, uh, I think like, what I'm missing is a little more on the character side, but this is a runaway the, train. This so. is not the movie. Yeah, um, you're right. And I think that I got enough. I, I was actually quite um, pleased when I was going to say the movie slowed down a little, but it didn't because the train was still going really fast. But they had. They'll they'll say something like, oh, there's ten miles until such a thing. And there was a little time for some of the character to come out. You'll learn a bit about the Chris Pine character. You'll learn a bit about... And then you even learn a bit about the Rosario Dawson character. You know nothing about her. Well, just um, 
Nothing. You know nothing about her. No, what you learn about her is how she deals with the higher-ups and how the higher-ups deal with her. Right, but I really you know nothing like... about her. No, no, not personal. You get into life, the personal life of the... But you learn about her personality. Yeah. I will say this before we get to the people. It. I'm not a Rosario Dustin fan, but this, I'm ready for more. So, you know, it kind of turned me around because it was a... We'll talk about her when we get to her, but... It was a great platform for her, in my opinion. Really now, good. I miss some of the people. When we do get to the cast, in fact, we'll go to the cast now. Um, I missed a few people out, and then I wanted to add them, but I didn't want to go to IMDb because somebody right. would tell me who won the Oscar. So, unfortunately, I might mention some people, but not know the names. But I want to right. know that they were good in the movie. Uh, first, Denzel Washington as Frank. It's Denzel Washington. He's, you know, he's superb, right? I mean, he... You reckon? I think he's an actual... Just a gifted actor. I, I, you know, we watched him in Book of Eli recently. We've watched him in Pelham One Two Three. We've watched him in Man on Fire. Now I'm not being funny, but there's a lot of the sameness. He just he there is, is, but he's very he good never, at what he does. But you never, but is he? He's just what he is. He's a natural. He's a bit of a ham, but he wants to be humble. He's a bit of an old school, but he wants to be like on the cutting edge. But what about Malcolm X? That was like pure character driven. So that I can say, I mean, you can do is like eerily amazing, right? I don't have a problem with that. But all the ones you just mentioned, there's a lot of mm, I, I, there's I, a lot of like uh, squinting of the eye and big shiny smile and lots of contemplation behind his face, which, which is good. Because I'm not he saying can, it isn't good. What but I mean is, he can, like, he can say stuff to you without saying anything. Is what I'm saying. I mean, that's good acting, right? I don't know. Is it- I mean, there's a lot of these scenes where he's sat in the car talking to the younger dude who's in the, sorry, in the train with him. And just... And you think that's not how he is in real life? No, he just I, acts what like I mean is, without saying anything, I mean, he might be talking about something, some stuff leaks through, like, of, of the, not of Denzel Washington, of his character, Frank's stuff. You think? Because to me, it just feels like, very natural. I don't have a problem with him. Trust me. It's just I, that I find when him... you say like, "Oh, he's awesome," but in this movie, he, he it just kind of like a George Clooney. Even though I'm not a huge George Clooney, he just falls into the character. It all just comes out of him. It's a natural. That's thing. what I was getting at. He's I don't know if it. Um... I find everything I watch him in, and there's no exception. But he might be more compelling to you than his skill. Right. Even like American Gangster, a, Rid- a Ridley Scott film. That one had a little powerful, more. That one like, had more beef meat to it to me. A little more. Uh, he had a lot more. This is a dude. I mean, like this Pelham, is like the Pelham. Just one, like two, Man three, on Fire. Yeah. Man on Fire, I guess, had a little more. I fire. think this is more like the Pelham One Two Three. Yeah, guy. he's just a regular Joe guy, working blue collar guy, who is in an extreme situation all of a sudden. And I'll give him credit for this. He doesn't steal the show. I guess that's where the skill comes in because he doesn't outshine anybody. He doesn't. It's not him. Maybe maybe there's more to it than I think. Maybe that's my thing is that he blends so, but I'm constantly aware I'm looking at Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? It's in the front of my mind. Oh, there's Denzel Washington's smile. Oh, there he is Obviously with that the, uh, shrug Scott of the shoulders. Obviously the Scott brothers like him a lot too. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> not just Tony. Yeah. Really I'm not saying really. he's... I mean, I love watching him. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm compelled. I could watch him just sit there and do an interview. I have no problem with that. But the thing where we attach this, he's amazing to certain people. Well, amazing in Malcolm X. 
awesome in Man on Fire. Absolutely compelling. But then other stuff, it is Washington and he's doing his thing. He brings to it himself sometimes so. more than the character. I, and this um, one, I just love it because he's on the... I think, I think that's ve- awesome. I think he's very watchable in every single yes. thing. Um, so for me, and he kind of goes along with, like I say, with the Scott, yeah. with the Scott kind of movies. He, even American Gangster is very different to Unstoppable, but he... They seem to know what to do with... Like, Who did American Gangster? Ridley. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. So um, we've got Chris Pine as well. I don't really know who Chris Pine is. Uh, apparently he's quite famous, right? I yeah. don't really know who <laughs> Me he, either. I don't really know who he is and I couldn't tell you any movies he'd been in. But I liked him in I this. did too. Um, I feel like what you know of him, what you learned briefly about his character, totally plausible. Absolutely, it feels like a real character. Like that's a, a good a written character. A little bit character. of burning rage, but you're not 100 percent sure. It's a good written character, yeah, I think. I mean, I think so. I don't know. If it's a, I don't know if it's his performance or the writing, because I think he has moments. I think of the writer really of this good. movie, by the way, um, did like a miraculous job <laughs> of conveying stuff about these characters in a very little window of time. Because, very little, because um, Tony Scott like is literally allows. You know, if it if the movie's if the movie's ninety minutes, it's literally fifteen minutes of character development and then the rest action. All chopped up. Yeah, all Not chopped even up. All at Very once. chopped up. So, <laughs> yeah. so you basically only see thirty seconds. Yeah, you're of in the cab, up. so tell me your tell me your story, blah blah blah, and then some action, blah blah blah. So I think it action. was to to actually understand the characters by the end of it was really a good writing job. I guess. I mean there is a lot of predictability with the characters themselves. Let's be honest. There is, but there's some subtle things, yeah. and especially that Chris Pine character that I, I told to you in very brief, even a, phone, a little phone call, and you kind of understand where he's at in his yeah. mind at yeah. that day, you know, and why he's doing this job, and he's arrogant, he's a bit of an asshole. But is he? There's all, but is he? That's exactly, the question. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at first... You know, he's on the phone and he's kind of not doing his job properly. It's like... You think, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, There's so more to it when you think back. In the moments, though, because it does kick off so quickly. And you're already ready. You already know it's about a runaway train. So even in the first 15 minutes, you're ready for, like, the train to run away. It's not like watching... Um, What's the tidal wave one when it, that's literally, like, the last five minutes. You know what I mean? With uh, Taylor Leone. Yeah. Where... It's all about preparing for the disaster, and then the disaster happens at the end, versus where you're watching something else, you know, like, I don't know, where's where the disaster happens, maybe in the middle, and then you're coping. But this one, you know, okay, any time now, it's going to happen. And I think, I'm trying to think of the very beginning, it didn't last long at all. It was about, like, ten minutes max maybe, where it started yeah. moving fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the train... The, like I said, I like that little, like, Rosario Dawson coming in with the donuts, And it's just a normal day. Everybody's starting this ordinary day at yeah, work. Yeah. But all of us... And that was a trick of the mind there, too. The thing with the... I won't say it, but, like, the... What the donuts were for. And you're thinking, all right. The, yeah. The, that's the hook. And then... No. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot, a lot of... It does build really... I mean... That uh, first couple of minutes is like, um, it's probably 10 minutes. It just feels like, oh, we're at the start of a work day. Everybody's getting to work. Everybody's starting to do the thing. And then it doesn't, it slowly goes off the rails. 
Like, that's, you know, so to speak. Yeah, Listen I mean, it, to you with it, the train. But comment. once it does, then it just is super fast the entire time. I mean, the, the pace of the plot is just crazy. Um, Rosario Dawson plays Connie, who's the um, what do you call station dispatcher. Yeah, I think. She, I don't know if she's dispatcher. Well, or she like... controls the um, signals and the... Right. What do you call that person? In fact, that's what he plays in Pelham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same thing, isn't it? Whatever that guy is, who's guy or girl who sits... She's not the up. dispatcher, because that's the guy with the headset on. He's the, the one signal telling... operator or whatever it is. It's like she well, tells... Well, she's like the supervisor guy. Because rail, uh, railway lines, they move switches and that right. diverts trains. So she controls all of that and tells trains when they have to slow down, speed up, whatever. Um... You know, she is like Billy Bob Thornton in Armageddon. <laughs> His yeah. job's a bit of a larger scale than hers, but they're both important. But it's that person, isn't it? You know, the in charge. Stuck or, between the... Yeah, the yeah. bosses and the, you know, the higher-ups. And not, not, not essentially, not the top person, but somebody in the middle being, like, effed from all angles, really. <laughs> yes. Um... And I, I like how she... I don't particularly like her either. And this yeah. was totally redeeming and, for yeah, me. Yeah, she was good. More, more serious. The subtle thing where she'd take her hat out of a ponytail, put her hair back in the ponytail, and take her hat out of the ponytail. Not, I'm like, that's totally realistic. More serious and at not work, goofy or anything. Like, she was just focused. Yeah, nothing. Oh, I mean, totally. And I think there were a couple of the... What would you call them? Like, a hero moment of her. Like, yeah. like that. You know, she clenches her fist or whatever. And like, yeah, but... But, you know, in that situation... It makes me want to see her in something. Since... I haven't liked her this much since 25th hour. Yeah, and I barely remember her in that. She was the girlfriend. I remember her in Clerks 2, and I didn't like her. Yeah. She, I didn't like her all. If you, if you marked this on it, what's this <laughs> called? Like a chart? If you did yeah. the, the line chart, that would have been the down In fact, that's me. what kind of ruined Clerks 2 for me, because I didn't like Rosario Dawson, and I didn't like Kevin's wife, and they were the two females, <laughs> right? I didn't like either of them. I was like... Don't be rude. Like, I don't like his wife. No, I mean, I didn't like her in Clerks Right, too. right, I mean, right. I would have chose some different women. Like, I didn't like either of them, and it kind of tainted the Clerks too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I liked her in this. Um, and Ethan Serpley... It's not Sur- Slurpee, is it? It's Sur- Serpy. Um, as Dewey. Believable. Who's the other guy? Because he seemed really super know. familiar um, to me. I don't want to look him up. I mean, super but, yeah. familiar that guy. But the- Ethan Serpy's uh, basically the catalyst of this of mm-hmm. what go- he, you know. It's not a spoiler because it happens in the first minute or two. Well, still, you don't want to say he. Um, He's a train worker. Yeah, uh, and They're totally believable the, yeah. that scenario to me. Just, just complacent, like mm-hmm. you know. I'm I'm here, I've done this for a while. Yeah, and, like, I got it. I got of, this. Yeah, you know, whatever. Like, I liked that. That was what I really liked because it's very. It's not like this dramatic turn of events that makes this happen. It's just somebody not paying attention. Or somebody just like, whatever, you know, I'll just, I do my not job. Not taking the gravity of and the not, possibilities. Not Seriously, yeah. Yeah, just like, I, I got it, it. I got it, yeah. But then you haven't got it, mate. Like, you, you, you know, this is all going to go down. So, um, <laughs> there are other people in the movie. In real life, I can apply that to my job when... Any job look I won't, complacent. Uh, I'm talking about that the end result of a very simple, um, lackadaisical, or incompetent moment. Um, I work in a place that requires uptime. I work in a data center, right? Power is essential. If it ever goes... It has gone off twice in my time there in 11 years, and 
both times, that's the kind of scenario. A human, simple error that just... Somebody oh, hitting a switch that they shouldn't. Oh, yeah, right. somebody who's... Yeah, just like that. Like, In fact, uh, this is somebody Is this what switch. I'm supposed to do? Well, like it, like it's <laughs> and it wasn't me. <laughs> the Asian Slurpee guy um, knows what he's supposed to do. Why do we call him Slurpee? Slurpee. I know, but we call him, call him, call him Slurpee. Knows what he's supposed to do, just... He gets out of really give a shit. Like, it, like, just, like, whatever, you know? <laughs> and I like that. Cause I didn't get that from him. I didn't get that. I felt like... It wasn't really an accident. He had an overconfidence about being able to handle it. and Like, like you should... Like, these things are beasts. Exactly. Respect what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, don't just... You can't... It's not, You're not pushing a shopping trolley. You're driving a train, which is... Big. <laughs> and... Heavy. A weapon, basically. In the wrong... Yeah. Um, because... I like the way they describe it. It is actually the weight and a similar size... The similar length and weight to, like, a skyscraper. Yeah. Of a similar size. I and mean, the obviously, you're not going to have that skinny of a skyscraper. But if you laid that on its side and put it on wheels, you'd just... Because they're, that like, a mile good. long, some of these trains. And, and you know, she they even called it a missile at one point. Yeah, which, yeah. something going that fast... Yeah, exactly. ...that you can't stop it is, isn't it? Full of flammable goods or whatever. I don't I know. trains should make a comeback. I like trains. I do like trains. They're, I uh, love riding the train. That... Um... This movie is Oscar-nominated for sound editing. Actually, felt like trains were in the room with me. Oh, my God. There's When the camera's under the train at one point, it's kind of like it's um, kind of like the Jaws shot of the... I think of it like, you know, there's a certain shot, like you're looking up at the shark yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. And you're like under the train and the train's going over and it's like, it's got this growl to it. like Yeah, it's really good. And this is a movie definitely to see on Blu-ray and turn it up loud because that sound design that it's been nominated for an Oscar for is no coincidence. It, it's yeah, yeah. got fantastic sound. Because like, trains just sound amazing anyway, right? And they really captured them. Like, and to be able to mix... Dialogue. The fact, yeah, you're, yeah, you've got it. You're on a train, which is fucking noisy, yeah. right? And then you've got people talking, and you've got the, excuse me, the air going past because you got a window you've open. You've got helicopters, helicopters, cops. I think it, it was really. There was never a time when you're like, what was know. the one um, about the enemy with Johnny Depp? The enemy <laughs> that, one. That will always be. Um, that will always go down as the worst. <laughs> like. And they said it was supposed to be that way. The intern was doing the soundboard. No, the director guy said it was supposed to be that way, right? Yeah, he said it's something about... That's how real life is. No, I I know what it was, because I read something after the fact. And that was Michael Mann, the director. Um, He likes to... Public enemy. Yeah, public enemies. He likes to do his sound live while he's on set and don't do any redubs or overdubs. So... In his mind, that's fine what he captured on the set. Because that's the way it was. Even if it, you can't hear it properly, well, that's fine. Because it was that's mumbly how it was. and weird, it was and horrible. so that's in the fact, benchmark fact, for badness. In fact, there was a, we've mentioned it on the podcast for that Public Enemies review, if you go back and listen, but there was a, a scene where somebody was giving a speech uh, to the press. To the press, yeah. And he was talking, and his dialogue went up and down during, like, one sentence. It was weird. It was like... I know they didn't re-record it because he says he doesn't, but I don't know what the fuck. His microphone went on the blink or something in the middle of a scene and then they just went... Maybe that is why they get lots of looping because, you know, where they re-talk over their voiceover. To be honest, that Public Enemies, and it's not the Blu-ray disc because people who saw it in the theatre complained about the same thing. It's almost unwatchable at the beginning. It is. 
We had to like change the. I never have to change the receiver. And I was like, like an old person leaning my yeah. ear forward, like what? My receiver what? has a button on it called like um, dialogue, and you can hit it, and it kind of lowers everything and boosts the dialogue. I've never used that button ever. We've watched hundreds of Blu-ray discs. That was the only time we had to use it, and that didn't fix the it. Didn't problem. even fix it. No. no. Where so, are we? Well, look, that's a good example of badness, and this is this an example is awesome. of well, good, well and done. Also, awesome picture quality. I have to say, the whatever that camera, the well, they showed you the camera. Oh, kinds it's of like cameras. some badass HD camera on the end of this. You know, like, you have a camera on a tripod. This camera's on a car, right? A, a car, car's the tripod. a helicopter, and on the trains, they yeah. use those big, massive cameras. And everything's so sharp and clear. And you know that part where they're in the train uh, cabin, and the camera's moving around them, and there's rain on the window it's all super like clear very it's not you know when something starts moving yeah you can get a lot of like um sort and of there are some of there, there is some of that let's not be i mean there are moments because you're watching a train go yeah but what i'm saying is this, where you get a little tree blur and i was thinking of this yeah i think that's intentional though i'm thinking of the scene where the camera's rotating around them while they're talking it's so smooth and clear and the, you can see the raindrops on the window i was pretty impressed by that um because it's hard to do moving stuff and make it look crystal clear yeah. all the time. So um, there was a there was another guy I wanted to mention. I don't know who he is, but he played the sheriff in Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. <laughs> he also play. He was also in The Devil's Rejects, and he plays like a cowboy, um, like a railroad worker, rail- welder. Yeah, but he's got this like over the top kind of. Um, it's not really over the top, my friend. It's kind of cool. You don't I, get I like out it. much here in your... But I really like his character um, because he's not an asshole type of guy. He's just oh, like, he's kind of semi-asshole. Well, well he's, he's annoying. talking to the waitress. He's annoying. He's one of, of those, like, no, you know, there's just a little bit too much about everything and he's got a certain... He's got the chain on his wallet. He's yeah. got the ponytail with the leather coat and the big giant truck and... He's all, but, you know... But he's good. A good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I liked the, the guy playing him too. As soon as he came on the screen, I was like, he's familiar. And I really, I, I don't know if he's going to be a bad guy or what. I don't know what he is like, but I had to give him a mention. No idea what he's called and I'm not <laughs> looking him up. You, you, we looked him up. When I went to the bathroom, you were using that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, um, IMDb this thing. Blu-ray disc has IMDb lookup, which is kind of cool. I looked him up, found his name, but now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the guy who's the head, the not the big boss on the golf course, but the guy in the office. He's yeah. like the head of the company or whatever. He's no. just your anonymous, famous You've seen jerk guy, isn't he? Yeah, you really have seen it and you don't Corporate, know Corporate, yeah. middle-aging, kind of, you know, we're going to talk about the bottom line, not about lives kind of guy. So directed by Tony Scott, Top Gun, True Romance, Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Vu. Don't know why I included Deja Vu. Maybe you have to include the bad with if the you're good. Here, we're going to do another scale here. Yeah. <laughs> like of dots on a chart. And um, like, here's True Romance. Clear. It's like off the charts over there. And then there's Deja Vu and it's kind of like way down here off the chart. So he's he's got a good variety. Uh, and he's been, you know, doing films for 20 Deja Vu doesn't even make any sense. No, it's a weird movie. <laughs> Denzel Washington's good in it, but... It's just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe you're supposed to be wasted when you watch it. I have to watch it, it again, I Yeah, think. man. Because it's, just... like, bizarre, and there's, like, some... I, I, all I remember, and this is weird, because, like, the whole movie, I remember this weird, like, something happened. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, yeah. this thing happens, and then they take Denzel Washington into this room... <laughs> 
And then all of a sudden, like, tell him, like, this mad sci-fi shit. That and he's we, just okay. And we have to go... And even us as an audience, I say, oh, that exists. That's cool. Uh, right. <laughs> We're just taking, and I don't <laughs> mind weird shit. Like, I love stuff that's, like, out there. But I love Inception. Awesome. I love sci-fi. Yeah, but it I, it's just that the way it is, it's just like... It almost comes out of nowhere, because the movie opens up with this awesome Tony Scott yeah. moment that is actually Tony Scott. And I was with the movie... This thing happens, it's kind of great, and then this other thing happens where you're like, okay, the movie I signed in for at the beginning has gone away completely. <laughs> and then at the end, when we're doing, like, virtual reality, whatever, I don't know, like... It's not virtual It's like, you're traveling into time frame. Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like a joke at the end, isn't it? Because I, I yes. remember we were going to each other like, what It's unfortunate. The fuck is it like, is. I would like to watch it again, though, just because I want to confirm I that I wasn't just having a bad day or something, because... And I'm all for every Tony Scott movie, so yeah. it was hard. It must have been bad for me to... Because I was like... I thought we were watching something cool. Was... Like, okay, I'll just go with it. But then I can't... Oh, God, it's Because so they're scary. like, yes, uh, Denzel Washington guy, here's this thing we have that's ridiculous. <laughs> and you have the little team... Yeah, of your a you've got the yeah the, the hacker, hacker with the um you yeah know, you've got just looks the, like every other hacker the cool guy and the geeky guy and the cool girl and but it's like, just normal it's not in the future or anything it's normal day and yeah and then, then they say we've got this thing and then hidden in the basement of like and some and like oh cool let's use this thing to find out how this happened <laughs> <It's so fucked laughs> up. you know this event happened oh yeah. Tony what were you thinking I don't know if Tony wrote that one <laughs> I think a lunatic wrote. <laughs> And handed it off to him. And he's like, I can make this kinetic. Yeah, but you know, some other weird shit. Like Dark City, that's some weird shit. And I love yeah, but, it. I love but that. the first frame of Dark City, when it starts, you know you're in for some strange, otherworldly, right. weirdly shit, right? But then I do like movies that surprise you. So, I mean, that's another one that's <laughs> it, It's just the vibe of that that is wrong. It's I like, think it speeds... It starts it, off with this very real thing that's actually quite kind of upsetting... And then... With no hint Makes of... a mockery of it, like... Right. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this thing is like, oh my god, I'm upset about this thing, because it's horrible. And then, what? What have you got? <laughs> like a helmet that we can wear? <laughs> to go back in... I don't even remember anyway. what it did. <laughs> this helmet does something weird. I'm you can not see going two, back in time, right? See, no, you can see two levels of time at the same time. Is that right? I don't even Hence remember. Hence Deja Vu, like... Like something you can see, like last year in one eye and this year in another. Deja know. vu doesn't even make sense no, it because doesn't. it. Does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, maybe it does because of the thing that happened. I think we should make the effort to see it again because I want to like them all. But no, you won't like them. <laughs> you might like it in like a funny way because you can make fun of it while you're watching it. That's maybe the enjoyment you get from it. I guess I understand better now when I hear people say they watch Inception and they're like, that didn't make any sense and I didn't understand what was going on. I, I understand. I, before, normally I'm like, what are you talking about? How can you not understand? But now that can apply to me for Deja Vu because I can watch it and if someone else watch, might watch it I mean, it it's just it. that we forgot Deja Vu. If you watch Deja Vu, it's all told to you like candy on a stick. It's all, here is a thing that does this. <laughs> it's very obvious what's happening. It's just when you're watching it, you're like, why it feels is this cheap. Happening? It feels cheap. It's got the same quality. And then they knock in this like crappy bad guy. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even need to be. Like, it's kind of weird. Wow. Yeah, it's not good. You should write to Mr. Scott and ask him what the hell's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah. So um, the uh, Blu-ray disc of Unstoppable contains 
Not a ton of features. It's a two-disc set, but one of the discs is a digital copy. I feel like what we watched, though, was totally at... That's all I it needed. It was quite good, actually. All I needed, um, yeah. There was a... The first thing we watched was um, the fastest track, Unleashing Unstoppable. Now, it's like a 30-minute... Really good. Documentary kind of You're thing. right on top of it. You see all the cameras. You see how they did everything. Yeah, it's everything. actually really good. It's all on I feel location. like that is totally... Ad- uh, not just adequate. That's totally give me what I would want. And I learned a lot about the movie. Because I would... I Watching the movie, it didn't dawn on me, oh, some of this is green screen or whatever. But I... I you know, we see how movies are made every yeah. week, right? And I was probably thinking, well, that's de- that spinny round things. Denzel Washington sat in a green screen thing. That wasn't. But none of it is. None of it is. Um, not even the train that does... Excuse me. You're not boring me or anything. I'm just having a yawning moment. But um, even the even when a train does... It's not... It's, it's, not, the, it's not the fugitive. No. <laughs> With the big uh, CGI train coming at him. There's a picture on the back. Which doesn't make sense. Is it deja vu? <laughs> and it's got a train... With sparks coming out of it. Let me get my light. light a helicopter. Reading glasses. Look at this on. picture here at the top. Okay. No one else can see this picture. That isn't. What, what, what the fuck is that? That's from another movie. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that looks totally like has nothing to do with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've, that, they've go to the up, store. Okay, pause. Go to the store. Pick up the DVD. Look at the back. We just watched the entire movie. They've mocked up an image on the back to make it look. Uh, you don't need to make this movie look more exciting. It's exciting as it is, right? I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Deja vu, maybe. <laughs> That's really weird. I don't get that. At all. We're telling you now, without spoiling anything, that picture on the back doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> or in the outtakes or in anything. <laughs> it's just a made-up image. All right, so, um, yeah, the, that feature at 30 minutes. Then there's a couple of other ones. The fastest track, Unleashing Unstoppable, is the one we watched. Derailed anatomy of the scene, of a scene, which we've seen those kind of you know they break down the scene of the derailment, hanging off the train, stunt work on the rails with the director and cast, tracking the story, unstoppable, and the script development. You can also the script developments pop up videos, pop up captions. There's a full audio commentary with Tony Scott for the whole movie, and there is also if you go on BD Live, there's an exclusive extra behind the scene thing called. What's it called? Go behind the scenes on Unstoppable. <laughs> so that's on the... You can watch that on the right. live section. Um, and then there's a digital copy. There is no DVD, unfortunately, which... Did it says DVD? No, just Blu-ray and digital copy. I had that little instruction on the extras. Yeah, it was basically saying... From DVD to your laptop. Yeah. No, the digital copy's on a DVD. There's just no DVD version of the movie. Which, oh, uh, that's what it said. Yeah, use the DVD to get the copy off or use Wi-Fi. Yeah. See, generally, a lot of these movies nowadays, they include a second disc, which is a normal DVD that you can throw in a DVD player and watch it. And then it also has a digital copy on the DVD, right? This is the kind of DVD that you can't throw in a DVD player. It just doesn't work. It just has a copy of the movie? Yeah, so you can use it on your laptop or whatever. Which is weird. If you're going to make a second disc, why not put a DVD on it? Don't I don't get it, but hey, there must be a reason for it. So you buy a DVD as well? He didn't make enough money off of Deja Vu. So he doesn't have enough money. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is uh, it for extras on the disc. Um, in conclusion for this movie, I f- think it's a full throttle thriller. That's what it says on the front. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not saying that, are you? It My also God. Says, it also says heart stopping. I agree with both. 
This <laughs> isn't hard stopping. Who says it's a full throttle fil- thriller? Newsday. <laughs> Not anybody at Newsday, just Newsday. You do realise, don't you? No matter how many reviews I ever give, or opinions I give, or reviews I write, or podcasts I do, I still don't care about anybody else's opinion. <laughs> I don't think anyone should care about mine. Isn't that funny? Like, I'm telling you that I loved it, and it was really exciting and fun, I love Tony Scott. Is it blah, better blah. than Faster? <laughs> God. You mean that... I um, watched last week. Yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Um, I think anybody can enjoy this because it's it's a thrill ride. Like it, I don't know if anybody. I, think I know there's a lot of people who like. I know it. a few people. And there's it's a lot of intellectual. Who, it's there's a lot of people who like faster too. And I thought it was a pile of dog shit. So yeah. you know, but for this me. is not intellectual in any way. It's a straight up action. Maybe I know more intellectual people. Almost old school. Totally in, old in school, but with well constructed. Yeah. You know, like a disaster movie of all of yesteryear, but in this hyper, high definition, new yeah. way. You know, you can't mistake this for being an old film. It uses all new. You know, he's using every trick in the book. You can tell when Tony Scott speaks, and you said he likes his toys. He does like his. He toys. likes helicopters with cameras on. He likes anything that can make his thing. Look How heavy? Better. What do you think they do to that um, SUV thing that has the big? Th- it's like counterbalance or something. They call there's got to be something in so that vehicle. So there's no juddering or movement. it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, it's got a big, long, crany arm on top of this thing. You've got a crany arm with a camera on the end. And when that camera films anything, there is no judder. It's yeah, perfectly steady smooth cam. and steady. Yeah. But it just seems like it would topple over. But And it's moving at 60 mile an hour at some And he's point. got two of them. And he's got six dudes in there. All different. And how many helicopters? What are all those people really doing something? Do you reckon? Or some of them well, just the like... the sound person. The... I think the producer's just shoved in there with his cell phone and he's... It's kind of funny when he said, uh, yeah, we've got like got twice as many people in there. in there. And then he looked in the back of the And he like... They're all, all these like men looking at each other. But they were all like suited up. They weren't... I mean like in suits and... and no, they, they, they weren't were... like working dudes. They were like big wigs or something. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Like... um Professionals. Yeah, because when they talked, it was like, yes, this is our thing that we do. And yeah. They had to have us in. Yeah, a few... lot of people on his group. Jesus, that's a lot this of people. This movie cost $100 million. Right. I can, you can, in that extra, you can see the money Which, flowing. Yeah, And absolutely. that's fine with me, because you think a lot of people, it's a lot of jobs, it's a lot of innovation going on there. There's lots of activity, you know, like you say, oh, we're making this movie. Here's $100 million. That employed a lot of people, they invented a lot of shit, they did a lot of, you know... And it's not a waste like of it. time, the movie's great. Um, it is good. And the thing is, if he would have done it in a CG way, how it much would that have cost and it would have looked shittier, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'd, we'd have, have said, felt... oh god, that looks shitty. Yeah. Because it always does, doesn't it? Like, real... When you see something that's real, like spaceships and stuff, you don't really know what spaceships... You give them a pass. Yeah, but when you see, like, a train and it's like, doesn't seem right, it's too... Something wrong with we it. know what it looks like. Yeah. And your brain goes, oh, it looks odd. Yeah, it yeah. It always is wrong. I, th- I, th- I actually think Pelham 123 had some yeah, CG Yeah, had some stuff. dodgy. Yeah. Um, and he probably went, I'm not having that again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, highly recommended by me. It was great. I would like to, I would say fun, but it's not fun because it's like really serious. Like, it's a serious. It's heart throbbing, whatever it said. <laughs> yeah, it's in your mouth, isn't it? That's what it and I'm like, oh, God. And you're like, oh, I shit. I mean, I was, like, oh, shit. Like, put my hands up to my mouth a lot, you know, where you go, oh, Jesus. What's it good? Oh, my God. Like, when the the one dude, like, yep. you know, that was like, oh, my there's, God. Well, there's all kinds it's of, It's visceral. Like, you just feel yeah. it like, oh, my God. So, it's awesome. And, yeah, hard to guess what, what is going to happen, really. So, um, 
thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray. and uh, Just so Fox knows, because I'm sure everyone at Fox listens to this. When you see that, I think Star Wars is coming on, and you get all excited. You're like, "Oh, I love that!" I and I love it because it reminds me of just movies in general. But I know your little heart just goes like, "Oh, I like love I'm it. thinking the Lucasfilm, the green logo would come." Yeah, up next. when the little lights come up, and now it says like Fox and Home Entertainment or whatever. But yeah, the music and the Fox. So logo. never get rid of that. No, well, I don't think they ever will. Will they? It's, it's so iconic. Um, so. Next week's uh, Blu-ray review is uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Due Date, or Due Date, if you're um, American. Yeah, because if you say Jew Date, <laughs> it's a little bit like, it's about Jewish... It's about dating it's Jewish about people. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he Jewish? <laughs> Robert Downey so, Jr.? So, no, it's not J-E-W Date. It's Due Date. D-U-E. Um, Due Date. Yes, that's, the, that's next week's movie. <laughs> or if is you're that English, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. And um, Zach... I can never say his name. Gallifranakis. <laughs> I think that was right. Um, but yeah, um, Robert Downey Jr. And, and, a, and a dog, apparently. There's a dog on the front cover. So uh, that is next week's movie. Um, recommendations for this week. I am going for, in the vein of fast action kind of fun, in air quotes, movies. Gone in 60 Seconds, which is a um, Jerry Bruckenheim and Michael Bay. Um, I didn't really love that one. I like it because it's exciting. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. And I, I feel, like Nicolas Cage. I feel fairly neutral. It was quite dynamic and exciting, but I yeah. didn't, you know. Um, I think I it's an exciting, you know, it's got, it moves very, it's got a pace about it. The music and the action and the glossiness grabs you in your gut where you're like, yeah, let's go, let's do this kind of thing. And my I'm other not one, that person. My other one is Speed, the original Speed. Because yeah. if you want to compare a movie with a, 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 something that moves and never stops, well, Speed's it, right? just in a funny, in a different way. <laughs> not funny. Not funny There's not a lot of comedy no. in there. <laughs> well, kind of, a little bit. The, Neo. the cheeky one. Yeah. <laughs> Neo. <laughs> Neo and the blind side lady. They yeah. get together. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Speed. I do too. It's corny as hell. Coolly corny. But, but it was also, if you think back, it's kind of, it sort of tipped, tipped the action scale. It was one it of was, the first. Yeah, it was one of the first where it kind of dynamic, big budget. Like kinetic, Die Hard. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what what are your um... my recommendations are? And I was trying to think of something that really planted in my mind, like a big disastery thing that's done well. And the first thing that came to my mind was the pilot episode of Lost. Now Lost, I lost interest in <laughs> fairly lost. quickly. I did, but that first episode, you're it's it is spine tingling. It the, is good that first episode. The crash it's a shame is like, that fuck. that was the it, ended, it should have ended at the end of that episode and then yeah, it was never a, shown again. You should have just made a really kick ass plane crash movie and on an island and then you're doomed and then that's it and everybody die or whatever. But that is one of those that you're you're like this like I'm hang, I'm like hanging on to my to the arm of my chair like holy shit this is that's really good for a television yeah uh, yeah like almost like watching a movie and what's my other one? Oh yeah another one that I thought about we're pretty quickly into it you've established who the people are you know the scenario and then boom you're on this fast track to the end which is 16 blocks right. in a different way right you're not talking about a big piece of machinery or you're not cruising along but they have to make their way through a city including like under you know under the city in these weird little pockets of Whatever it is, like like remember? a Chinatown. Yeah, there's like a Chinatown thing, you know, like underbelly of a city, and like kind of the back streets of the city, and it's Bruce Willis and Mo Def. Mos Def. Mos Def. I always call him Def Mo. So I thought, Def <laughs> Mo. 
Death Moan. <laughs> Death. <laughs> I'm sure so I bet. <laughs> Being a rap artist. But as it well. is actually quality. I don't know. Who, I don't remember who directed it. You might know, but it's a quality when I liked it. I don't remember. Sixteen blocks. Um, I don't. I would also put Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is Die Hard three, in the um, Never Stops Moving category yeah. of movies. Yeah. Because once the immediately uh, once he tells them. They have to do this thing every so often. Get to these telephones. It just There's no stop snowballs. Yet. Yeah. And it's immediate. You're right in the action in the beginning. It's actually, you already know everybody. So I don't, I'm in the minority, but that Diad with a Vengeance is my favorite Diad movie. I think it's better than the first one. I just love its concept. Like it because it's cringy a little bit. If it, mm. it's also a little bit cheesy and comic booky because like Jeremy Irons, the baddie, I think he's an awesome baddie. I like him better than. Um, Oh, I don't know. Like, I, well, he's the brother of him, actually, in the movie. But I, I love that Diad with a Vengeance, and Diad Four was horrible. I like Rickman. See, I, I liked um, Jeremy Irons because he's like Rickman is the quintessential eighties. Yeah, eighties smarmy. I guess he's nineties, isn't he? The uh, yeah, because he's kind of like a yuppie guy, like he's full of himself. Think about this, right? We're talking about the eighties and the nineties of the last century, the last millennium. So when we think about people, think about the 1890s and 1880s, and we think, oh my God, that's like history, right? So in a hundred years, our little turn of the century, our discussions of the 80s with the big hair and the crazy music is going to be like... Even the 80s seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? It's, to me, it seems a long time ago. It just seems tacky compared to history. I think of like 1890 when film was invented that time that era vehicles were just about to be in, you know come electricity was just gonna kick in planes hadn't been invented yet you know that's like a serious time in history and now we're talking about our 1980s which was like what like cocaine and big hair you know what i mean like and like the this seems funny new romantic music that doesn't really have much resonance <laughs> when you think in a hundred years is that no let's just skip that one and go back to the 1880s yeah so um that's a little off track there. Yeah, that's our movie remac- movie recommendation. <laughs> I will get that wrong every week, just anyway. Movie remac? Yeah, movie remac. So, uh, games and Ace Scully stuff. Played quite a few games this week. Uh, first game I played was Killzone 3. You saw a bit of Killzone 3 on the PS3. Now, I had an interesting experience this week with first-person shooters. Because I played Killzone 3 on the PS3 um, at the beginning of the week. And I loved it. Played it all the way through. Really loved it. And then I turned my attention to Bulletstorm, which is um, Epic Games, Cliffy B, People Can Fly is new. And I played Bulletstorm. And Bulletstorm um, completely... I forgot about Killzone 3 completely. Like, now thinking back, Killzone 3 is like... feels like I played it a year ago. It's that unmemorable. I mean, it was great while I was playing it. But then I played Bulletstorm. And Bulletstorm's such an awesome game. I... Feel the yeah, bullet. But shouldn't just the experience itself be what matters? It was cool, but Bulletstorm kind of like. Yeah, but say you didn't play Bulletstorm right after. Yeah, then it perhaps would have lingered a bit Maybe more. Maybe you're but... just fickle. But anyway, Bulletstorm, um, Killzone 3 is a, a really fine and well crafted first person shooter on the PS3. Possibly the best first person shooter on the PS3, but there again, Bulletstorm's also on the PS3 now, so maybe not. But. I really enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Killzone 2. It's just, <clears throat> it's kind of soulless a little bit. Like, it 
tries to it does this big space opera that's what it is kind of like Star Wars the baddies are like these Nazi British aliens <laughs> that right there you got me I mean they they look mm. like Nazis they've it's very obvious they model them after Nazis they have like a patch on their arm that kind of looks like a swastika but it's not it's a Helgen symbol this but they're British they've got British accents and they're aliens well, they're not aliens. They're kind of like mutated. They wear this weird armor. They're actually... I don't know. They're Helgens. They're from a planet called Helgen. They don't look like aliens. They look like us. Where does the British come from? They've got British accents. <laughs> right. They're played by Malcolm McDowell. Oh, that one. Okay. They're played by uh, Ray Winstone. But you liked that. Yes, I did like it. And, so, and then the day after, I played Bulletstorm. I'm, I'm saying, I liked it. I really liked it. But it feels... It's kind of soulless. It's like the personality of the game. It's almost like they were trying too hard to be Star Wars or... Right. Like, let's have this these bad guys who are kind of like Nazis. Mm, Star Wars. Let's have this um, baddie who's like Darth Vader, almost. Is he in Check. black? All in black? Reconstructed? In, it's, it's, it might as well be. You know when Darth Vader takes his helmet... You compare a lot of things, so I'm not sure. You know when Darth Vader takes his helmet off? It's literally that guy. Right. We you know, without that, it's that guy, like the crumbles down. Um, the shooter's fine, and it really is quite technically well done. Uh, if you've got 3D television, it's one of the first games to be in full 3D. We don't. No, but you can play this in full 3D. I'm sure some people have... I've heard people saying they felt sick playing it in 3D, so kind of not interested in the 3D thing but um, then I played Bulletstorm which is Cliffy B's I always say Cliffy B's game but it's not his game he's a producer on games right he doesn't make games anyway he's just the person that you know the face of Epic Games but anyway Gears of War actually comes to an end in November, uh, September actually they re- announced the release date for it this this week in September, Gears of War 3 comes out. It's the finale to the Gears of War franchise. So I, I assume they're looking for another franchise, and I think they've got it with Bulletstorm. It is fantastic. Start to finish, I was absolutely blown away by it. I didn't think there could be any new ideas in a first-person shooter. They brought a ton of new ideas to a first-person shooter. Um, they kind of... Is it better than Call of Duty? It's a different type of game. It's uh, space, and it's not real. It's very over-the-top. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Right, right. The dialogue's ridiculous. But the story... I mean, they call it dude-broing. Like, it's kind of like Gears of War. Like, it's like, yeah, dude! Like, that kind of over-the-top. But Gears of War's got this serious tone also. This hasn't. It's just like... It's silly. The, 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 there's a serious overarching story. But the guys are just kind of goofballs. You know, one guy turns to the other guy in the middle of a shoot. They, they shoot a load of dudes. Was oh, this the I'm going to kill your dick? Yeah. Okay. They shoot a load of dudes. They get in this elevator. One guy turns to the other guy and says, Do you want to make out? Let's have some heterosexual loving. And the other guy's like, What are you talking about? It has this weird vibe to it that's like. That wouldn't be heterosexual. He actually says, Let's, let's have just some weird heterosexual loving, he says. <laughs> but it's just got this weird, like. They'll say weird shit like that out of the blue, and it's just like everybody's That's got good, this, though. That's kind of stimulating. this odd relationship between you know this. There's this chick who's really tough. She's like a 
they they find her and she says like uh, she ye- they yell across the ravine at her can you help us get out of this place and she says just back the fuck off you idiots like she knows that these two guys are just like yeah yeah gun happy idiots like she's like just back the fuck away or I'll kill your dicks and the guy's like what do you mean kill our dicks and she's like I'll kill your dicks and he's like how about I'll kill your dick like that it's just like this inane dialogue between people and it never takes itself itself seriously and the the actual gunplay is it's very unique it's never been done before I mean it's ridiculous it's like there's this list of skill shots that appears in your menu and it's like You'll get more points to upgrade your weapons if you do these things. So going into a battle isn't just like, there's some guys, shoot them. You have to go to this list, and this list will say, okay, one of the kills is, when a guy's running towards you, kick him, and then he lands on a cactus, and it's called pricked. So like... so You're looking around for a cactus so you're all, all going, the time. Oh, let's get, you know, so it, it adds like a... It's not just guys popping up and shooting them, it's like... I mean, they get ridiculous. Sure, One, sure. One's called, like, um, Rear Entry, I told you. Where, yeah, I don't want to hear it again. Where, well, I'll tell the view, the listeners. There's a boss who he was a huge, big guy with a cannon. And once you've shot him a few times, he kind of goes into this, like, I'm going to die animation where he kneels down <laughs> on the floor. Now, if you're not quick enough, he will come back um, to life. Um, and he will you know, attack you again. But if you get him down on his knees and go around the back of him, his armour has a little, like, diaper flap. But it's armour. <laughs> can, can people just use their imagination? If you kick that? it, <laughs> it comes up and you see his ass crack and if you shoot in the ass crack, it's called rear entry. And he'll die and you'll get this... And it's ridiculous, all of it. Like, this sniper shots where... I've never seen this before. Uh, imagine taking a sniper rifle and turning the shot of the sniper rifle into burnout's crash mode. You know crash mode? You know mm-hmm. after touch on crash mode where you could move the car like and then get it and then blow it up? Well, you shoot the sniper rifle, you the bullet goes in slow motion like on a cool movie where it just like shoots through the air. You line it up, you get somebody with it. Now when you hit them with it, 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 it hits them and then you've got control of the guy. You can move him. And you can, like, march him up to a bunch of enemies and then press your trigger and the bullet blows up and kills... You know, so it's like aftertouch for a sniper rifle. It's... You know, they've obviously... Yeah, yeah. They've took things from other games and stuff and just, like, brought it into the shooter. I think it's fantastic. My favourite game of this year... I know it's only February, but I've played <laughs> quite a few games already. And you've... This is, I think, this is the second time you've said that about a game. Yeah. Um, I think it's a... A new front. I've finished it. Um, I've actually played it on the 360 and the PC. Um, the PC version, I actually favour. It looks better. But um, I think it's a new franchise. I th- you know, Gears of War, obviously they need something else, right, if Gears of War's done. I think this is almost better than Gears of War. It's a lot more fun. Gears of War, I really love Gears of War also, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it, it's up to the third one. You can't go much further, right? Um, well... Like, uh, so you get rid of GTA then, because there's like five of them. No, never get rid of GTA. <laughs> but what I mean is Gears of War is just a shooter at heart, whereas yeah, yeah. GTA is a bunch more stuff, right? Um, Rockstar Games, no, keep making GTA. <laughs> but this Bulletstorm's great, absolutely. I thought it was going to be shitty, to be honest. And I heard about it at E3 last year. Saw it, 
kind of looked goofy, and I thought to myself, that might be fun for about five minutes, and then where would it go from there? The whole game is start to finish. It's really fun, um, and it has some set pieces that you would not believe. You fight 500-foot-tall dinosaur at one point, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know. So I totally enjoyed it. It might be objectionable to some people who hate bad dialogue because they do say the C word and the F word. It is pretty over the top. But in the settings, in the options, you can uh, turn off the profanity. So they've recorded a clean version of it as well. So, you know, I mean, that doesn't stop you, like, shooting people's asses off with guns and stuff, but it does take the dirty dialogue away. So highly recommended. I, you know, my favourite game so far this year, and I... It's hard to impress me on shooters. And with two massive shooters coming out in one week, I thought Killzone 3 would have been the winner, but it's not for me. Um, I also, you went out and got me... um, There was a special offer last week where for 30 bucks at Best Buy, I'm sure it's all gone now, so it's probably pointless to say, but there's a limited edition of Tekken 6, which is a game that came out last year, which is a fighting game. Well, the limited edition comes with a wireless fighting stick and a, a full-color art book and the game. And it cost $150, but they had it for 30 bucks at Best Buy. You went out and got one. It's fantastic. The stick is the same as the stick I own, but it's a wireless version of my right. stick. And my stick costs twice as much as the, as this one. So if you can get hold of this, I'm sure you can now. I'm sure everybody who wanted one probably yeah. went and got one this week. It's totally worth it. Um, and you get Tekken 6, which I hadn't played, so it's kind of fun. Um... Oscar night, I've got written down there. We nothing to say because we haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> we have no predictions. I don't because I haven't seen them all, so I don't think it's uh, fair. No, but I feel that the social network's going to do well. Um, I don't think it's fair to say when you haven't seen them all. Well, just just my I know what I'm vibe saying. of what I've you know picked up. From Not of a, your opinion then, of other people's opinions. Well, just a bit of both, really. Like No, because if you'd seen them all, then you could form an opinion. But you can't, because you have Well, I can form an opinion on what I've seen. Right? Correct, but this is a competition, and it's compared to other movies, which we have not seen. No, and uh, we will be seeing... Um, we, did, we avoided some of them, because we are going to be getting them from review very shortly. So, if you keep on listening to After the Show, you're going to hear some Oscar-nominated reviews very soon. like in the next Or, one. by then, Oscar winners. Maybe. Um, well, one of them's going to be. And uh, so that's Oscar night. We'll talk about it more next week. Um, this week's games, um, there's one. Well, there's actually two. Bit Trip Flux. I love the Bit Trip series on the Wii. It's the late, the last one. They're not making it anymore. This is the last Bit Trip. And an awesome... Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I hate sports games, but the new Fight Night is coming out which is a boxing game by EA. You've seen me play it before. It's really good. This time, for a boxing game, and EA have never done this, it's an M-rated title. It's the first ever M-rated sports game because there's never been one. And instead of it just being like make a boxer and fight a bunch of boxers, there's a full story. So it's like watching a boxing movie, but you're the protagonist. Like so. Right. Like a Rocky, I guess, but more adult. I'm assuming there's something adult about it if it's M for mature, probably involving drugs or steroids or whatever. Right. Um, be interesting to see because Fight Night's always been a cool game. They don't really need to mess with the gameplay, but adding a story might make it even better. So that's Fight Night Champion, and that's out on Tuesday. And the last thing is the website redesign. Oh, which yeah. you're um, 
Well, which I have done a lot of this week, yeah. but you have got to finish. You know, I just realized. I think I'm supposed to go have blood taken today, so I don't think I can eat. Oh, well. You're going to starve, then. I think. I just thought of it. Well, you haven't eaten, so... I know. Like, you're not supposed to eat from midnight on, but we haven't had dinner or anything, so I won't have any dinner. Uh-oh. <laughs> You'll have to stop. <sighs> or maybe I'll change it to Tuesday, then I can do the blood and that other thing as well. Right, so, um, yeah, uh, website redesign. I have done the... I'm do Well, I'm in the middle of it. The web, If you go to ascully.com, you'll notice it's changed quite drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, Motivation? I every so often want to change the website, and I did this week. So I spent a lot of time on it this week, actually. Mm-hmm. I've spent hours and hours, and I was up till five in the morning messing with it the other day. So you have... There's no... It's not fully done, obviously. Uh, if you go there and you go, oh, that's a nice graphic at the top, because there isn't one. It just says ascully.com. That will be changed. You're going to design a graphic. And the look of it will change slightly. The colours and... I mean, not the colours. The background. But, um... Looks good. Essentially, it's... It's workable. It's working. It's it's up Yeah, now. you can read all the reviews and listen to all the podcasts. I think the layout on the front page now is... You know, you'll see the last six reviews that we've done. Written reviews. Just underneath that is the last three podcasts we've reviewed, we've done. You can listen to them on the Because if you're listening to this, you might not know, but every single podcast movie has a written review to go with it. And before the podcast began two years ago, were another couple hundred written reviews by myself. About 500 altogether. And then we have additional written reviews that aren't we don't do a podcast about by another person who writes a review every single week. So you can see the last six... Written, written reviews. Um, you can see the last three podcasts. This is on the main page and a big news feed of everything that goes on. So I like how it's laid out. It's most simple to understand. Where are your contest going to be? There's no contest box. I've not got one running at the moment. Right. Uh, but I, I have already got it made from when the next one is. So it'll just pop up. It'll be on the main page. Um, and it will allow me to... You know, like I've got the box at the top for the last six reviews and then the box for the podcasts. Well, I've got another box that hasn't been used yet that's going to be called Contests that I can put at the bottom. So all the contests can right. show up in that as pictures, which will be really cool. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, so, yeah, there's a big website redesign. Go and have a look. Um, it is not finished. I am working through archives of, of stuff, adding pictures and sprucing it up, and you're going to do the graphics. Uh, you don't know what you're going to do yet. No. I know kind I know of what, what I want. want. I do, kind of. But uh, we'll discuss that later. So, What um, am I, your puppet? Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's it for everything this week for me. Um, and you, what have you got? You've got, uh, what's for dinner? What is for dinner? Nothing maybe for me. Nothing but no. for you? <laughs> no, I'll, just gonna... eat, I'll eat your portion. I'll eat and I'll just call him tomorrow and say, oh, come on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> because I'll say, you know, I live at night. So I had to eat my dinner at two <laughs> in the morning. Um, we are having an Amy's pizza which is like a frozen pizza. It's the margarita version, which is not margarita drink, but some other margarita based on some queen of somebody somewhere. Tomato and... Yeah, it's like tomato, basil, and mozzarella cheese on yeah. like a wheat crust. And it's really delicious. And in addition to that, we're going to have some roasted potatoes. Those are also... Everything's pre-prepared, except for the green beans and the onions I'm going to make. But It's all vegetarian. I'm not in the mood for massive cooking, so we're it's having It's basically some- Oscar, because we're going to be sitting down and watching a three-hour Oscar ceremony. Now. Some finger food going on. And then I bought these chocolate Pillsbury 
Oh, those Sweet are good. Oh I've not God. had them for a long time. I've already had two of them. I haven't had them oh for my God, they're so delicious. over a year. You can have three. You count calories and I don't, but three is 180 calories. Perfect. I figure that's fine. And they're so delicious. Oh, my God. Um, thankfully, there's only about 12 per bag <laughs> because I could seriously eat it all day long. We also, uh, interestingly, on your section, we also, you just bought some new components for your PC to quieten it down a bit because you got a really old hard drive in there that makes like a off. If anybody knows, got an old hard drive in the computer and it goes like yes. all the time. Well, this is kind of and one the of the fans and the, ugh, I just get, you know, I work, like I said, in a data center and I'm telling you, when you walk in the door, there are thousands of servers and fans and it's just like, for 12 hours and I get fucking tired of it. So, so I come home, turn my computer on. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want any clicking. I don't want any fans. Well, so, so we bought, you bought a new hard drive and a new power supply correct. and a new CPU fan. So we'll get it a bit quieter this week. Not um, that that'll affect anyone. No, but Just me, yeah. it might affect the podcast slightly because the microphone is close to it. Yeah, you always say it's not. You don't cool. really hear it. I can no. hear it. But um, yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of uh, so I, this week you'll get. I'll clean out your PC, literally with from dust, and I will also. Yeah. Put your operating system on the new hard drive. What else do I have? The Sims. I've been uh, delving back into The Sims Three lately on my laptop, particularly, and just playing it. Like, I don't play it like you don't sit there and baby it. And I sit there and I do and I think, I just get so much pleasure out of this. And I hear people dog it all the time. It's not one of, it's the most successful PC game of all time. Yeah, and I don't understand why people piss on it all the time. You just don't even get it then. If you don't know why it's interesting, you don't understand it. It's all I can think is that. And it's not just like you're watching somebody piss. I mean, I do all the cheats, right? So I could just get everything. But there's just something compelling about it. Like right now, I've bought a, I've built a whole new house in my other on my lap. See, I have two. I've on the PC. I've bought it everywhere. I've got. I've paid for the downloads. I've got the world adventures. I've been to France and I've been to Germany. Not Germany. <laughs> Egypt. And China, and it's just it's like it's never ending. Maybe that's why people like you don't like it. There is no end. I mean, you could accomplish everything that they lay out there for you to accomplish, I think. Even then, I don't know. It seems like it's endless. And it's lovely. I love it. I, can, I think it is if you can... It's endless because you could build a person, right? I always make me and you. I killed myself off a couple weeks ago accidentally. Um, and now I'm just running you in on the laptop game. You can have more than one people in a town or whatever. But in this, in this version, there's me and you, right? And I don't know. It just seems really super expansive and like endless, and I love that about it. And I don't sit there and like, you know, like stare at it and right. like I'll have it in a window behind everything else, and I'm like, okay, you're gonna sit there and play guitar for an hour and get like your skills or whatever, make a hundred dollars on making tips or whatever. And I just put it in the background, and then I come back to it and I feed you, or I cheat my way out of having to eat and pee, and I just love it. I don't, I don't see why people. Give it such a hard it takes time. Takes a certain type of person to. Like I agree, but because you wouldn't like Bulletstorm. But I yeah, but I'm not venomous about it. I might be venomous about the the content of what they say. Like, really, do we need to? Do we? Why don't you men just fucking grow up? I get sick of the banial shit, but I don't have to play it, so I don't care. So I guess it's the same thing. And Somebody... I thought it was totally fun, and occasionally I with that I was like, my dialogue is kind of st- stupid, but. 
they're doing something different. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's not serious. They're, they're making fun of these kind of games, really. And I don't I think don't... it's pointless to have a game like that. And I've heard so many people say, "The Sims is just pointless. It's absolutely useless." But it's it's so enjoyable. I can't even describe it. I don't think it's pointless because from the day it came out, I've always thought it was a unique. You know, there's an, it's a unique idea. And I've had it since the day it came out. Yeah, we bought it. The week it? that we got married was when it came out, and I have played every version of it. I still have that copy in there. I wasn't much into The Sims 2, to be honest with you. I played it a bit, but then skipped over to 3, and now I'm hooked. I don't know why it can't be online. Oh, what's happening here? It's on the screen right now. <laughs> Somebody's in a car going somewhere, and I have no idea what's happening. But don't know, but... I think it's you. Yeah, it is. It's you. <laughs> So, um, it's your sim version of you. Is that the- your whole uh, deal for this week? Yeah. Oscar Oscar weekend. So, um, yeah, that's it. Meaning of life. No, no. We'll get to that another day. So thanks for listening to the show. Um, you want to go to the newly revamped ascully.com, you can go there and check it out. It's very different. Uh, very different, I would say. Um, and hopefully this week uh, we'll get some new graphics from you. Um, you can go to sidsar.com, which is the same as it was last week. Yeah, very much. Um, can... I don't add a lot to the sitcom.com, <laughs> but hey, you can every once in a while it'll surprise you. Put me on your news feed, right? And then every once in a while it'll cr- I'll crop up with some series of pictures or some meaning of life comments that I have. It's, I'm genius, so, you know, I could solve all your problems. <laughs> you can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook. I have been to neither of them today because they might spoil the Oscars for me and I'm not going there until tomorrow. Um, you can catch us on Xbox Live, YouTube, Zoom, Music marketplace <laughs> zoom marketplace the itunes music store or go to ascoli.com click on the word podcast you will see a- they're not all there that anymore they used to all just be popped up there on a list they're not and they- the dvd reviews are not all on a list anymore either you have to go backwards 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 they are all there i know they're there but they're not all just there on a there list there was only 10 last time was it yeah I've only ever had it showing 10. Now oh, I've got right. 20 showing, so oh, right. you can yep. actually see the last 20 podcasts. On the podcast, can you still listen straight from the yep. site? Listen you straight from the out. site. I fixed that. It all works. Um, you can also email me feedback at ascoliascoli.com. Um Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your bullshit. <laughs> and uh, stay classy, Denzel Washington. I can't, deny, I can't argue with that, actually. Um yeah, and I'm going to say thank you yourself, or somebody will do it for you. I hadn't finished. Stay, <laughs> stay clear. And I'm look, really looking forward to the Oscars, which uh, should happen in the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I am going to say think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. You already said that. Yeah, but you were talking over me. <laughs> <laughs>